A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Did you uh, spray spray tan any uh, buttholes? Always. Oh God, you got to get it all in there. I yeah. do that. D I V O R C E P A I P Y. Paul Travolta, one woman show, doing yeah. all right. Right. She's going to be in Los Angeles in mm-hmm. February and New York in February and March. Mm-hmm. She bits her and stuff. She cries a lot in bathrooms. But uh, <laughs> but the spray tan thing, I can't quite get yeah. over. Yeah. yeah. So tune in. I love and it. Here's Nicole Travolta. What was it like to do your show in Scotland? Are you familiar? Fucking with- crazy. No, it was insane. It was like, just the difference in audiences and also the grind. There's 3,800 shows at once. So you're out there like fucking flyering, like full guerrilla marketing, trying to get people to come to your show. And it's just like these ups and downs emotions. You're dead. You're tired. You don't want it to end. You want it to end. You're exhausted. Oh it's so crazy. You out there in like- it's like marriage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you out there in like the skimpiest of outfits? Like, hey, come to my show. Okay, so the funniest thing is that the my show is like lends itself to you know to the my divorce and um spe- unhealthy spending habits and the addiction to that and just how it sort of all raveled into my life and so the poster that I have is it's not I mean I'm naked but I'm covered so it's like being stripped of everything and I ended up taking this job as a spray tanner to get myself out of it while I was going through a divorce Mm -hmm. and so I have you know I'm tanned and I have tears streaking down my face so the poster is me like that and at fringe people kept asking me like we'd be out there flying they'd go excuse me is this a nude show Mm -hmm. and I started getting these men that were coming and Mm -hmm. after my show were like we thought this was going to be a nude show but Mm -hmm. it ended up being really inspiring (laughs) so okay so you were a spray tanner and that means you probably saw a lot of naked people. Yeah, you get naked for that. You get naked for spray tanning. Yeah, you get full naked. A yeah. lot of a lot of a lot of vagina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's never too much, but 
But uh, and does that work, spray tan? Would you recommend that to people? Yeah. And how long does spray tan last? Like five to ten days, and it changes your life. Have you ever had one, Monica? Um, of course. I have worked in many a tanning salon <gasps> in my day, all through high school, college, and when I first moved to LA. Mm. I used to work at La Beach Club. I went in because I was at my rock bottom and I I was going to spend my last dollar on a spray tan because I had to go to this wedding and I wanted to appear that I was fine. And I was having a panic attack and she was like, do you need a job? And I was like, mm -hmm. no. <laughs> like, sure. By the way, sorry to interrupt, oh. but there's nothing worse than having to go to a fucking wedding when you're going through a divorce. It's the worst feeling. I had to go to one. And I mean, trying not to cry the whole time and also trying not to get drunk and be like, it's all a sham. Talk to me in five years. Well, I literally at that wedding, I... I had a beautiful tan, but I truly, in the middle of the wedding, I mean, I sat there and watched the ceremony with a look of like, I don't want to say disgust, but kind of like I was fully putting out the energy of this isn't going to last like yeah. that sort of energy into the thing. And I cried in the bathroom. You don't know what it's like to really go through that. And that's what I really learned when I was going through my divorce, because I was, I was so young and I was with him for such a long time. And then when you have so many unhandled, um, so much unhandled trauma from your life. And then you're sort of, I felt almost as though I was playing house in a way that, you know, you're the wedding that I had was over the top, unaffordable. How much did you spend on the wedding? Cause that's a, a big question. Like $130,000. I heard from, I can't remember if it was a divorce lawyer that I follow, but she said anybody that spends more than $2,000 on a, or no, sorry. I think it was 20. Anybody that sent is either 2000 or 20,000, you're more than likely to get divorced. I, I'm not, I truly, and the thing is, is that, that my relationship with my ex, it, I am, I am such a different person today than I was then. And I attribute, you know, going through this and I don't have anything bad to say about him. Sure. There, we had our issues and there are things that I did and things that he did that helped this implode if you will but truly it's it's this thing of this this society puts on this picture of you know you have this magical day and you do all these things and i really believed that this wedding was going to be the thing that made sort of us okay and that this magical day and at the end of that day at the end of that $130,000 day so many things happen. I had so many things, issues going on with inside of myself, with my family. And it wasn't this as magical as I thought it was, but I had all this stuff. I had a candy bar replicating the board game Candyland that I had built, like a massive gold heart that people could take photos in front of. And I, I couldn't remember any of it. And at the end of the night in my $9,000 Vera Wang wedding dress, I scooted myself into our bathroom of our suite that we couldn't afford and right. shut the door and hysterically cried. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Wait, do you yeah. still have the dress? No, I had to sell it. Yeah. Let me just say this. <laughs> Weddings 
are temporary. Funerals, on the other hand, you could count on those. Those last forever. Yeah. A wedding, you're like, I don't know, five, five years, three yeah. years. Yeah. Funeral, you're like, okay, I I get this. Yeah. Well, I mean, had I known, I would have started my divorce party fund, you know. I could redo it. I would take that money and maybe I'd do get put a down payment on the, you know, the door of a house in Los Angeles sure. because that's yeah. all you can really get. But but I would t- take some of it and have a massive, massive divorce party because yeah. you should celebrate it. I know there's a lot of that thing of, of oh my God, I'm so sorry. And then there's also the other side of it. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. But I, I really do think that once you get through it, you can very much celebrate that next chapter of your life, sure. you know, because it, it, it is, it's, it, it's, it's freeing if you learn from it and you, and you grow from it. And I really feel like I, I did in that sense. It's also, it, it's also in the best circumstances, it's permanent. Like it's what chapter is over, you know, you, it didn't work. You, you grow your own way. And then, you know, it's it, it's in your mind. You can talk about it. You can talk about, well, I did this wrong or that wrong. But it's it's over. And that's why it was great about Monica's divorce party. That, her, that marriage was over. Yeah. You know, sometimes you hang on in ways that are unhealthy. And, uh, and, and having her party, getting drunk, making out with a stranger, vomiting, vomiting, then making out with a stranger. But it was like, this is the end of that. And I think that the couple's... Uh, uh, a lot of times you get that gray area where they're like, oh, I need to hang in here. I need to do this. I need to do that. I genuinely know I don't want to be here. Yeah. I can feel they don't want me here, but I'm going to try because of society or whatever. I'm going to try to make this work. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. for my divorce party, I did it at the right time. I did it like the week at like the same, like I think two days after I signed my divorce papers. And at that point it had been two and a half years. It was like, okay, like this Let's just, you know, end it. So yeah. what about you? Did you have a divorce party? I had a divorce. Well, I would say I had a divorce. I, I had a divorce dinner and then I went out after. So my friends, we went to Korean barbecue and they got me all these cupcakes that said like, boy, bye, congrats, you're divorced. And I got absolutely hammered. We went out that night and just celebrated it. But I, I, I almost wish that I would have, I don't, I guess I don't, I don't know. I don't wish, but when I sit and think about the divorce party now, I was still so low that I think I was just like a hot mess just just falling asleep in the Uber, just a disaster that I wish that I would have done like a legit party you know what I mean not just a divorce dinner and then out but like an actual party now was there a period where you were in and out and you got back together or whatever or was it a firm this is the end right after the wedding we started having issues like we got back of our honeymoon and I would say we got married in October we started having issues in January of that year that had been passed past past and then really started coming through and then we went through that whole year and just battled with each other, battled, battled, battled. And then finally, when the shit hit the fan, we separated and he moved back to where he's from. I stay, stayed in LA. And then there was this sort of 
pull and tug with each other. We were super separated, especially by distance, and we weren't seeing each other. But I had you know, so much work to do on myself for in therapy and all this. And I started doing that. And then I sort of could start feeling us really start to go our separate ways, but still holding on to each other in these ways. And I think that the comfort of that, I don't know if you guys have ever felt this way or been in relationships this way, but you almost know that the relationship has to be done, but it's the comfort. It's the comfort of your daily routine, the the little things that you do together that you, you kind of take for granted in the moments that you're doing them. So even though the relationship's not working, you kind of are holding on to that. And so we really held on to it. But the things that I needed from him to even consider giving the relationship another shot, it wasn't happening. And so I really was like, at one point was like, I think we just have to, we have to call it. And then we did. And then also the thing after that, I think that sucks even more is that then you go through this period of grief of, of, of the whole thing of he got into another relationship very quickly. It just is, then you, you have that, you know, where, so I don't know. I, people were pretty supportive, but people were shocked when it happened and projecting a lot. Like we would never think this would happen to you guys. If you guys can't last, no one can. And I was just like, this is the problem with things like social media and stuff. Okay. Hold on. Now I wanted, but I wanted to a little bear down, uh, dig down on this a little bit. Yeah, dig. You get married in uh, what month? October. And so you, but you say you kind of knew right away and by by January it was the issues were very good. tell me about the issues what were the issues that you guys had so I'll share what it was on 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 my end I and this is also a lot of what my that's this is how I started writing my 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 sh- show is that um you know I I grew up in a family I I've never broken home as a lot of us do but um especially on my mom's side we it was we were given love I was given love a lot of love many ways but one of the big things was material things so I grew up um in a house where you know we would shop when we would feel sad when there was anything when there was things wrong um it was like being sort of bought off with with material stuff so my mom had a very big spending problem and it very much bled into my life from when i was young and when I turned 18, I, I had, had been on my own since I was 16 years old and sort of trying to figure out how to sustain life. And the only way that I really knew how to do it was credit cards. Mm-hmm. And so I got myself in a ton of trouble, a ton of financial trouble. I was hiding it. Um, mm-hmm. It was very addictive. And um, he, I was hiding it from him. And he ended up finding out about that. Um, and that led to a lot of tumultuous stuff but then there was this thing where I didn't really feel like I could be honest um and there was that issue and then there was the issue of punishing me for it and so it and then I really started to look at my life and thought my god I've never really felt like I've had stability I feel like I've been an adult more than I've been a kid these 
issues of me not only drowning myself in that, but like trying to fit in in different ways. If I have this thing, if I have this bag, or if I if I if I drink at an early age to try to fit in, then that is going to make me enough for people to stick around, and it spiraled. And so I, when we started going through this, and he was out of my life and separated. And I was really able to start digging in. I realized that I had I had a lot of issues that I was pushing into the marriage. Now, I don't want to speak, you know, I don't want to ever say anything bad, but there was things that for me, I felt very abandoned. I've had a lot of abandonment issues in my whole life. And it and I and I very much I feel like chose someone in my life that that repeated the same things that I had been through in in my life you know what i mean if that makes yeah, sense so there's a generational trauma that's what yes uh, yeah you, you pass it you bring it now in the best case situations you both bring your shit together that's what attracted you for not necessarily uh healthy reasons but then you're both able to go okay i gotta work on my shit i gotta work on my shit let's see what happens let's let's both uh work we'll support each other but we got to work on our stuff and uh, and once in a while you get through that, you're like, OK, we went through that together. Yeah, that's important. Let's keep uh, moving forward. Uh, a lot of times it's like they always say, don't when you get sober, don't date anyone for a year. Don't yeah. get a situation, which is very smart because you don't know who you are. And I always tell Monica, I think you should get divorced before you get married because <laughs> you don't really know the person until you get divorced with them. You don't know what they're capable of. It's true. I love that you bring up the shopping addiction or the struggles with that, mm -hmm. because I can definitely identify with that. My mom was, and still is, you know, has a lot of that. And that, I mean, that's such a hard thing in your young twenties. And, you know, and now that you've obviously found a really great therapist that's helped you kind of, you know, come to terms with that and work on it, you know, how do you feel today? Like, do you feel like, lighter do you feel like obviously i'm sure things almost like an addict still pop up or you get triggered but yeah where how is that with you today i feel from that that you know i feel so much better it's obviously it's still there but not in that way i think for me what it what that taught me and when i really hit it and it's interesting because when you talk about those sort of addictions, I think especially surrounding women, people generally project that you're just um, selfish or spoiled or, but, but it, it really is this, this, this thing for me that, you know, like I said, if I did this, then I would have be enough. The wedding, if I have this wedding, it's going to make this enough. It's going to give this sort of light that I'm really, you know, okay. And I'm fine. And I, I had to really get honest with myself. And that's something that I'm really proud of. Because even today, you know, when I'm going through things, I don't walk around acting like I'm fine with a Chanel bag. I'm honest. And I say, I'm not okay. I deal with a lot of, um, from, you know, the general generational trauma and stuff. I, mm -hmm. I had a lot of undealt with anxiety that I never dealt with. And I deal with that today. And I, and I still, still deal with it. And I have to do a lot of things on myself. So I'm not sort of mentally spiraling, but today I feel so, I really do 
proudly say that I'm proud of myself because I didn't take Mm -hmm. that situation and go, whatever I'm, you know, I can do whatever I want this and that. Like I got myself into a lot of fucking trouble from Mm -hmm. that. And so when I sit and I look at myself today, and I think I should remind myself that more is that I'm proud of myself for how far I've come and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and taking that situation and not taking it lightly and able to turn a new page in my chapter and let that be the chapter about how I can heal and continue to heal because it's never really over. You work on this stuff your Mm -hmm. whole life and it doesn't go away, but I feel good, you know, and, and, and good about where I sit today. Well, it's good because, and it's great. Most people don't work on themselves. No. Most people go, uh, want to put it on somebody else or the, the environment or whatever. So it's it's amazing to go, okay, this thing I'm going to work on, it's been with me forever. I'm going to really do the work instead of getting something else to cover up the, the you know, and making things worse. And and I'm going to really do the work. And, that, and you know, with relationships, uh, not that often people have done the work before they get, yeah. you know, so this marriage of yours, and the fact that you had this secret and that he discovered it, there was trust and you had shame and whatever. Uh, that was a good uh, marriage to have because now you're working on this other stuff. And perhaps if you hadn't been together with someone so intimately where they could see what the fuck is going on with you and they call it out. Like if you could, if we could hide our things, if we could have a, you know, we'll just do that. We'll hide yeah. our addictions. We'll hide <laughs> our, but if if you get intimate at all, the the other person's gonna gonna notice hopefully, and then you yeah you know what when that falls apart, you go okay I got a choice, and most people don't make that choice. That I can work on myself. I can do the hard work. I can fix, try to fix what's going on. I can understand myself. Most people go okay next marriage, next yeah. relationship. Right. Totally. Yeah. Could have been like okay I just need to find a richer guy. Yeah. And support right. This habit. Mm-hmm. And we were texting a little bit last night and I loved what you said because I kind of feel the same way. You said my marriage or divorce ruined my life, but it also saved it. Yeah, yeah. Saved my life. If I hadn't been caught for all that stuff that I was doing, I mean, I'm telling you. Like, tell us some like one of the worst things you did. Oh, I was sued by American Express. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. I was sued by American Express. I lied to them and told them that they were, they would bang on my door. And I was so depressed. I was sitting in the corner of my couch. I would just be, I, the lights, the sun would come up. The sun would come down. I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't have water. My mom, my dad would be calling me. I wouldn't answer. I felt so much shame. I was embarrassed. I was mortified. All the things I felt like a criminal. Like I, I I felt like, who is this person? That's what I kept saying is I'd get up and I'd look at myself in the mirror and I'd be like, who the fuck are you? Like, and you tell you these things, like you're a criminal, you're a piece of shit. Like that's the narrative that I was telling myself in my head. And so I was, it was, so this, these met, these people would bang on my door and I would hide there and then they would call me a hundred hundred calling i've been through oh the call oh my god it's the worst and they <laughs> i once told them that i was gonna be <laughs> gone for six months filming a movie in hawaii and mm-hmm. then I would be available. <laughs> i'm sitting in my house 
broke. And so there was that. I had um, 12 credit cards. I had one to, um, so far, so I had a Home Depot credit card. Now, mind you, I lived in a apartment, a, a, a nice apartment in Los Angeles that I do not need a Home Depot card, but they had a Christmas sale. And so I went and I bought out all their Christmas things. And then I would take the Home Depot card and go buy gift cards to places like Nordstrom and things like that. Another thing I did was as Nordstrom at a Nordstrom credit card, of mm -hmm. course. And I took Nordstrom is very, um, was at least very forgiving in their returns. And I had bills to pay. So I bought a $900 pair of Gucci shoes, took them on my credit card, took them back to Nordstrom, got $900 in cash and paid my bills. That's right. That's genius. That's wow. genius. That's why you got to, I had at the end of my last marriage, I owed about $300,000 to American Express. And I, um, got it. I sold my house to pay to pay up all the, the stuff. But I remember the last three years of that marriage or lease saying, I just got to keep things going. I got to keep the, you know, and, and the other person was very aware of the financial situation. I'm saying, I'm going to work my way out of this. I'm going to, I got to prop this thing up. I got to, I got to keep this going. She likes this house. We got to keep this house. She's remodeled it. Um, no matter what, it's going to work out. And then, what, what did I realize? Oh, she doesn't want to be married. So why am I doing this? So at the end, when the divorce, I say, I said, I'll, I'll sell the house, which was mine first, and I'll pay all the bills. And I'll tell you, being home with the kids and getting the calls from American Express, you know, night and day, just brutal. And I had a business manager. I'm like, you got, what can we do to get these guys to stop it? He goes, well, you have to settle your divorce first. I go, I want to settle it now. Um, they have to agree to sell. And and it was uh, humbling and humiliating. And I wrote a bad check to the housekeeper and yeah, none of my credit cards work. And uh, so it's come a long way since then, but I'm fully capable of, you know, my, my bookkeeper now lets me have one, one Amex, one uh, MasterCard in, in, in case of emergencies. And, and uh, but I had a $200,000 credit line that I just maxed it out. And uh, yeah, but I that have made me so much anxiety. Yeah. I'm like, it's the, it is the, it is the, and it's, it's humiliating. Like I'd be sitting at, at a dinner and I, my, I forget to put my phone away and it would go off like literally 15, 20 times. And I was just like, and you would just, you want to rip your head. I'm like, I can't live like this. You, you, I contemplate, like, I'm just going to crawl into the bottom of a hole, cover myself with dirt, and I'm never gonna come out because you you feel like you can't breathe. So yeah. who helped you other than your therapist? Was there a best friend, a family member, you know, somebody that- And did of... you go, here's the debt I owe. Yes. You know, cause you see those commercials sometimes like, you don't have to pay your bills. Call us, we're a lawyer. <laughs> and they do that with the IRS too. You have to pay the IRS. IRS will work with you, but you know, there's no- Wait, and I remember one time somebody's like, you should file for bankruptcy. I go, I don't own anything. You have to own things to file. I'm beyond that. But getting it all laid out, I assumed you did this. What's the real truth? What's, what's the hard truth that I have to face so that I can know how to start chipping away at that? That In anything in my life, that's what I do. There's stuff with the kids. I'm like, this is too much of a mess. I, okay, start one thing at a time. What am I fearful about? What? Why am I 
depressed. Okay. Oh, I'm depressed because I'm worried about this job or that. Let me, what am I doing about it? Am I on the phone doing something about it? That's sort of, that's how I did the, the credit cards and all the, the house payments and every debt. It took a little uh, a little bit, but, you know, I was also lying to myself, well, you know, I'll be making $5 million a movie again sometime, which is just not going to happen. <laughs> and I, and it is depressing when, you, when you've made so much money, but you've been divorced four times and you've been, never took a minute to go, okay, this doesn't last forever. I should put some, you know, or away. have a prenup. Yeah, yeah, yeah so who helped you with through all of this? When I talk about being proud of myself, this is my this is my proud. It wasn't confronting it. To be honest with you, I didn't even know how much money I fucking owed. I couldn't even look at it. I was like, I cannot yeah. address this. I cannot, I cannot look at this. And it's and it was all mall debt. That was the even more embarrassing thing. Like it wasn't like I had, I did have, you know, an Amex, a Visa, a MasterCard, a Discover because I had to have all four, but I had every store credit card. So it wasn't like I was like, you know, I have friends that have lost their jobs and gotten themselves into like $50,000 worth of debt because they can't live or whatever. But, 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 but this was mall. Like I would buy, go to Victoria's Secret and buy, you know, 17 pairs of underwear that had the dog on the ass. Like mm -hmm. it was ridiculous. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ridiculous. So I finally, my, my ex left. We getting divorced. I finally was like, I have to confront this. So I went through, I looked at everything. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And I, because I was being sued by multiple credit card companies, because the, the other layer to the story is, is that he, my ex made the plan that we were going to stop paying on all my credit cards. So he was like, we're going to let them fall into collections and then we're going to renegotiate your debt. And then he left and we never got to do that. So then mm -hmm. I was getting all of these you know, deck, these people serving me papers and all this stuff. And I didn't know what to do. I was confused. And again, I, I didn't want to ask. I, I felt bizarre asking for help. Like I had done this. I didn't know, like I felt shame. My fam, what, you know, I was being told, you know, she's just like her mom. And I love my mom, by the way, she's amazing, but you know, it was, it was very hard and I felt awful and isolated and alone. And so 
I got this, these, I kept getting these flyers in the mail and there were all these different debt consolidations companies because Tom, same thing is people were like, just claim bankruptcy, but bankruptcy is not the same as it used to be where you could like kind of get a get out of jail free card. You don't get that anymore. It's a whole other layer of, of that. So I started getting these flyers and I got one, like there was like some with like the man that was like, you know, cold, 1-800, you know, get out of debt. And then I'd throw those away. And then there was this other one from this, like what seemed like a more legit company. And so I called them and I said, I'm in a shitload of debt. I was like, I don't know what to do. I said, I, it's saying here that you guys can help me renegotiate and make the lawsuit stop. I really don't have a lot of money. I said, I, I don't know what this is going to take, but what does this look like? And they said, basically how we work is we call the companies on your behalf. You're enrolled. The, the debt collectors will stop. The calls will stop and you pay us a monthly fee and we will renegotiate your debt at, I don't remember the exact amount, but basically like 30% less. You'll pay this monthly payment until it's paid off at the renegotiated rate. And then when you're done, you're done. Your credit will take a massive hit, but then it will rebuild. So the woman told me that I would need to give her basically around $600 a month, which I didn't have or the company. And, but I just on a whim was like, you know what? Yeah. Enroll me knowing though, if I default on these payments, they're going to, they could sue me. I could get, you know, I get the whole thing get implode, but I did it. Mm -hmm. I enrolled in that program and for five, six years, I paid that monthly payment and I spray tanned those vaginas mm -hmm. and I wiped those tan off those feet. And I paid that monthly payment and I got out of it on my own. Did you uh, spray, spray tan any uh, buttholes? Always. Oh God, you got to get it all in there. I yeah. do that. This one, this one girl literally was, I, I don't know. I, it seemed suspect, but she came in, she pushed her butt back and she grabbed um, a thing of jelly out of mm -hmm. her butthole mm -hmm. and threw it on the ground. And I was like, and didn't pick it up and was like, Ooh, sorry, just make sure you get in the cheeks. And I was like, she had a jelly upper butthole, like a KY kind of a thing or a, a astral like a KY line? kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. In a tube? No. Oh, that's like, over like she oh, just left over jelly why especially i feel like I, especially in la you know because you're dealing with such on something <laughs> oh net next level what was your support group when you were going through your divorce because i know for me i was the first of my friends to get a divorce and it was you know a lot of people you know some people checked in here and there but it was a very kind of lonely like figure it out, Monica, like you chose this, you want to jump off this cliff, mm -hmm. like, and you don't know how to swim. Here you go. I, this for me is such, I, I don't, I mean, I love talking about this because again, you don't know in no one can, anyone who tries to give an unsolicited advice that hasn't been through this, I'm like, you don't get it. You don't understand. You don't know what it feels like. You don't know how isolating and lonely this is. And when I was going through this, the people that not all of them, but 
core people that had been my friends in wedding completely out of my life. Um, does don't know how to handle it. So they don't want to check in on you. They don't want to get involved. They don't want to, you know, whereas I feel like, especially in our situation, we, it was all, it was mutual, not mutual. There was a lot of things that we were just sort of like, we have to peel this back, whatever work on ourselves. I needed to breathe. I couldn't live in the punishment every day, or I was never going to heal. It was a lot of that stuff. And I was really going through it because of the generational trauma. But the craziest thing about the universe or whatever you believe in is that I feel like it really gives you what you need. And what I needed at that time was people in my life that were supportive and accepted me for who I am and that I could, that I could open up to. And, and during that time, I ended up finding via soul cycle, I was going to like, I would go and take classes, you know, and I met, you know, a group of people that um, extended themselves to an, a, another group of people. And those people today are, they're my, they're my family. I wouldn't be half the person that I am today without their love and support and truly some of the best people you could, you could ever meet in your life that you could honestly tell them anything and and they would lovingly help you and support you and it's interesting because especially at those times you know when you're in your 20s and stuff you think like oh these are the people that are going to be in my life forever and then they're not but then these this next phase of your life where you get this new amazing group of people and they're the people that are in the chapter where you're actually healing and doing you know, discovering your, your best self or your most loved self. You know? Did you sometimes find yourself like in the back of the classroom on the back bicycle, just like crying your eyes out as oh you pedal God, away? Yes. To, to, to EDM music. I would, they'd right. like get up and I would be in tears just like going nuts. I love when I see people come out of soul cycle because they just look like someone threw them yeah. in a jacuzzi underwater, mm -hmm. came out and they just walk out like zombies. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's a good thing to do. Go, I'm going to do this positive thing yeah. by soul cycle. Not easy, positive, because the, the a lot of times I have the inclination, I'm going to curl up and never leave the house. Right. I've been so ashamed. partied your ass off and kind of. Yeah. And you also don't know what other people are going through. You go, they have a perfect marriage. They have a perfect relationship. They have money. They have whatever. But you really, it, it, as you get a little older, you go, okay, that wasn't what I thought. That they, they were dealing with stuff that I am grateful I wasn't dealing with. So, you know, uh, you never really know what's going on with other people. You know, uh, you know, you've been through it. And yeah. uh, so I think that's helpful. I think it's helpful to, to have people that share honestly about their failures or doubts or downs, whatever. So that you go, oh, that sort of everybody has something. And I'm grateful mine is this. I got my head around what mine is because these other things are completely out of uh, your control. And so sometimes you go, okay, I'm fucked up, but I like the, <laughs> I have my, I understand the fucked up I am. I find it to be so interesting when, um, people project on, on other people and they're like, oh, they were being this way or, oh, they're being this way. Or then all of a sudden it comes out that this person was going through 
like a very, very traumatic time. And that's what, you know, is that people, people project and they just, and social media is such a big thing about where everything looks fine. And there's this pressure to post or do this or do that. I'm currently in a transitional period of, um, you know, moving and I, I'm going, taking the show to New York and I'm kind of trying to decide, like, do I want to be in LA full time? And I'm, I don't know if I, I just, I don't know. I'm in this very interesting fit and the anxiety starts to kick in and stuff. And I have been struggling with that a lot. And I, um, I got super honest with myself and I was like, you know what? Am I feeling a hundred percent okay right in this moment? I'm not. So every day I've been waking up and saying, you know, today, these are the things that I can handle today. And today I'm right. going to do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And then you feel proud of yourself for making it through that day. And I think, um, I think a lot of people who don't, you know, ha have past trauma and things and that they think that, oh, once you're through it, then it's over. But really it's a, it's a lifelong journey. And for me, um, my mental health and my anxiety is something that I have to, you know, un unfortunately I deal with a lot. And so I have found such compassion for other people in what they are going through and also forgiveness and, you know, sh no shame and allowing people to be open. And, and so me getting vulnerable, even up on stage, it's just, what I'm telling you is literally what I lay out for an hour and 15 minutes. And I feel like if, if, if me opening up and making people laugh, but also allowing people to understand that there's space for all sorts of different mistakes, bad decisions, good decisions, all the things, then <clears throat> I don't know. I just think that there's so much, um, heaviness in the world. So we should be, um, open and supportive to well, how great is it that you're an artist and you could do that? Like most people don't have that. Well, I'm going to take this thing and I would put it on stage and people, I will, you know, cause, cause your life really is your art. Like yeah. we can be in movies for other people. We can do this. And that has been a very helpful thing to me. You know, I'm a stand-up comic too. And I remember, uh, first of all, my ex called goes, why can't you be more like Bob Saget? I go, oh. I, and, oh, dad, dad, dad. You also, when you're a performer, you got to be honest. You don't want to, I mean, you don't go out of your way to to get somebody else. Uh, uh, but if you got some some interesting things going on, it's always about us. But it's also these situations where because people go, oh shit! I again, I thought I was the only one in that situation. And you know, it's also a power that we have. Yeah. It's like our superpower. Well, we'll take it to the stage. Like, yeah, you know, if people if life fucks with us too much, then we get to do that thing, which is wonderful. I personally. I wake up some days like hopeless, like so I've, I've tried, and I try to figure out what is it I'm hopeless about? What, why am I down? What is bothering me? And then I kind of figure my way through it, something with career or money or whatever, my ex or, or something with the kids. And then I, I, I know enough now to go, okay, uh, one thing at a time, what's one step I can make? Like, I don't want to return those calls. I don't want to talk to those people. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to drive here. And then one thing at a time, instead of all of it, because all of it's overwhelming to do everything, to clear up everything, to take care of everything. But it, it's overwhelming. But but what I found about myself is if I start with one thing and then and, it's, and suddenly at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, that worked out, you know, 
because there are things I could do. But I also put myself, in, I look in the mirror, and I go, let's suck it up, put it in a good mood. And it really does. It works for me too. Because then before I know it, I'm like feeling well. I'm like, what happened? Why am I feeling well? And yeah. uh, just by putting on a show, we're actors, you know, we can definitely do that. I love what you said about the one thing at a time. I mean, I truly have a like a five-step program from the moment I open my eyes. I meditate, I journal. I, the other day, was it was, the anxiety was so bad. I mean, I was fully having, like, it, it, I, I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. You almost feel like you're mm. crawling out of your own skin and you don't recognize your own self. And mm. I was in the mirror. I was like, you are powerful. You are <laughs> like, like if someone was watching me, they'd be like, oh, she's fucking locked yeah. up. Yeah. But whatever it takes. Whatever, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, you know, I'll, I'll jump on the elliptical and say, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want, but but I just know by the end of it, I've forgotten my brain. I, you know, I can't fight all the fights I want to fight yeah. in my head because I'm, I'm tired or tired. Like, I'm, I'm serotonin, yeah. like the endorphins yeah. can. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Yeah, I also meditation helps me with. Oh my God. Things. And yeah, you just have to get sometimes just out and yeah, move your body and do all it's, those things. It's yeah, it helpful is. and it's the being an, you, like you said, being an actor and getting up there and mm. using the vulnerability, it's frightening. And, you know, you do it in a way of, of you know, of opening, bearing your soul, but it is, it's like, especially in so many people in comedy especially you're you're pulling from these really tough situations and this for me lended itself to be something I had a woman come up to me after a show and was or dm me sorry and say that she left my show I had no idea who this person was and said that 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 she felt the ability to share things that she had never shared with people in her life because she felt so much shame around them and that the show helped her and has brought me to my knees. I was just, you know, it, it, it's cathartic. And although my stepdad, I go and stay with my mom and my stepdad, my stepdad is from the South and he's like, you better be careful, Michelle. She's going to write a show about us if you don't stop talking. <laughs> That's <laughs> King of the, Hill. the fear of like me yeah. putting him in the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing too, as a performer, you know, and everybody goes through this. When you get famous, whatever, your family's like, we're all supportive, except for that, uh, you know, and then you start thinking, I got to perform for my family. Like, I need to make them happy. I need to make them happy. I'm worried about my ex. I worry about, and then uh, you go at some point, no, I need to do the best performance. And everybody that really supports me will get that eventually. I can't have any weirdness when I'm on stage, everything, all the support. And, and sometimes in relationships, you start performing or you start getting stuff going in your career and it's, it scares the other person. Oh and, yeah. You know, passive yeah. aggressively or subconsciously, they want to, they want it to, to tamp you down yeah. and you, and uh, you, you can work through that by addressing it. Um, but it also messes up a lot of uh, relationships because the other person's like, well, I, I looked at her like this and now it turns out she's like this. And my ego won't take that. I wanted to be the guy that came in and, you know, and now she's independent and uh, and, and it scares people. But you, you just want to make sure that you don't stop doing what you're doing. You're doing amazing stuff. You've got just the fact you get 
on stage, you're vulnerable, you're vulnerable out here. You know, we were talking about uh, the your pit, your photos in Scotland for your flyers, whatever, and it looks like you're naked. Since you mentioned that at the beginning of this interview, I, I'm assuming she looks like she's naked here. I haven't had a, I like, haven't, I haven't had a naked woman in this house for seven years. So it's, uh, <laughs> but you know, you're, you're, uh, interesting too. You might, I, I'll say this and, uh, yeah, I don't want to offend you, but yeah, she looks like, uh, I'm an old guy, like a young Carrie Bradshaw, yes. like and the way you're communicating, yeah. the way you're communicating. Yeah. yeah. That's my, the people I've gotten stopped before I pulled up to a restaurant and the valet stopped and I was like, Dart, and they thought they go, Oh my God. I thought you were Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. I will take Carrie Bradshaw any day of the week. Yeah. I am Carrie. She Carrie had $750 in her, in her savings account at 35 years old. So I remember wow. that. Have any, have any strong, um, you know, non-insecure men come up to you after your show and been like wow you know you're I could see how if maybe the right guy or a good guy would be like you know this is a brave bitch for mm -hmm. putting all this out there and uh mm -hmm. she's sexy. and she's very sexy and I want to date her she's very there's something I about her dates. aura too yeah. she looks sexy yeah. but there's also her energy is so good yeah. I'm sure a lot of guys yeah, yeah have you or not yet or maybe um there's there I would say that I I think it's it I don't I feel so weird talking about yeah. that basically what you're saying it it does mm -hmm. come across it I think that um, the vulnerability and yeah. people are sort of like, and I, and the way that I tell the story and the way that it's structured. So it's lending itself to the things that I love to do, which is characters and impressions and so it's storytelling, right? So you're up there telling a story, but I'm weaving in and out of these people. And I think that the vulnerability into it's strength. And for me, that show for me is strength. And I do yeah. think that it has come across, but not in a way of, um, I'm, yeah. I'm not, not yet in a relationship. With <laughs> yeah. Well, but if a guy is uh, confident and uh, uh, sure of himself, and you know, and he sees if maybe for the first time you do your your show, and he goes, "That's very good." You know, I'm good at this other thing, this financial thing. I, you know, he's. I like that we've already decided we want a financial planner man <laughs> as your partner. That's fine. I'll tell you that. But you know, some somebody they're not in the business. Somebody that's good at what he, he does, he can be in the business, but he's got a yeah. he does have to have a one man show. No. That would be yeah. no you know, too much, too much, yeah. <laughs> too much. Yeah. But you're in no rush to get remarried, are you? No. I am no. um, I this is this this is this is my time. And I think that for me, if something comes along in this chapter that I'm in now. Um, I don't know. I wanted to be, I just wanted to be, I wanted to feel different. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what that exactly means, but almost, um, off, I don't, uh, is off the like cuff, more, like, like more, more grown up, mature, grown up, mature. I am a, I am a big kid at heart. Like, and I think that I need to have that sort of energy around me too, is that I think like I tend to you know, I have like repeat offender, if you will. Yeah. yeah. But you don't, you so know, funny. you know that you don't have to, you, you know, you don't, you don't have to be married. You don't have no. to be in a relationship to be happy. You don't. And sometimes you realize, oh, I'm more happy 
Now, I thought I had to have this thing because yeah. everybody I knew had this thing. And I'm sure that the spouse thought, well, everybody I know has this. This is what we have to do. And some of us are just meant to be alone. You know, it would be good to have someone that was there to find your body. But, you know, when you're 90, but, uh, but it's, uh, you know, I think sometimes we get so joyful of being alone, having our own thing, we get so used to stuff, we get this. And again, I always say, my kids are the only ones that see me with my shirt off the last uh, X amount of years, less fresher. I gained a bunch of weight, but now I'm, I'm working on it. But you look great. Yeah, I yeah. feel good. I feel good. Yeah. But, you know, it, we we tend to go, oh, this feels great being alone. This feels great. This life. Uh, yeah, I need to change that there. It seems like that's too good. I need to get something very complicated, add it to my life. And, uh, you know, there's, there's that voice. It's like I'm an alcoholic. There's a voice uh, in my head that that wants to kill me. And if I, it's always going to be there. I've been sober a long time, but it's always there. Like, what if, uh, you know, and I think that sometimes in relationships that they, there's that voice of, of whether it's our parents or grandparents or society that says, no, no, you be, you're happy. Well, of course you're happy. I also think what you, seems like we've kind of all learned from this too is, you know, meeting someone that adds to your life or yeah. makes your life better. And, you know, I feel like as we get older too, relationships should be easier. Yes. We know who we are. We know what we like. We know what we don't like. And someone that can meet you in the middle that isn't suffocating you and isn't, you know, fulfilling those old childhood traumas, you know, that would be, that would be lovely. And it's also, instead of one plus one equals one a half, which happens all over, one plus one, should equal three there's us and there's us together this thing we have together is a you know you don't want to call it a business but it is a business yeah you got to look at everything as business as building a house together figuratively find start with the, the the foundation and you do this things together and this is what you guys do and that makes it easier to stay in relationships because you go when people are like why are you oh i'll tell you why because it's the third thing that we have. We're the only two people on the planet. We have this thing together. And uh, yeah. Oh my God. I totally agree with you. Totally yeah. agree. Where are you going? When is your show opening yeah. in New York? Give us all the deets. So my show is, it's called uh, Doing All Right. Mm -hmm. And um, it is, uh, the next show is going to be here in LA at the Groundlings on February 5th. So we'll do a preview for New York. Um, please come. I really would love to have you. I would mean so much. Um, and then I got a run at the Soho Playhouse in New York um, from February 14th through February 24th. So I'm doing eight shows. So That's those great. tickets are coming on sale soon, but um, you, I think they'll be on the Soho Playhouse website, but I'm really very, very, very grateful and very, very excited and feels very, very surreal. We're excited. To, I'm excited yeah. to see it. All right. Uh, are you John Travolta's niece? I am. <laughs> yeah, he said, don't bring it up, Hertz, because I freaking love John Travolta. I love John Travolta. And 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 uh my and my heart goes out to John Travolta. I mean, he but I was like, Yeah, she's not gonna don't mention that till later. I go, but they have the same name, you know. I but I just want to say such good people. I feel very fortunate to have such a like just a wonderful, I mean, forget the the fucking talent coming out of 
you know him is unbelievable yeah. but just there the, there's good people in my family and it's just there's it's it's really just to have that magnitude of success but be a um such a kind genuine human being is okay yeah very kind now, eligible is that his is that your mom how do you relate to this no, family? So my dad, my dad is Sam Travolta. So there's okay. there's six, so six brothers and sisters. So my oh. dad is Sam. Um, uh, he is the best. Um, and yes. then do you, have you ever met Joey? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Joey, so Joey's daughter Rachel and I are nine days apart. So we grew up as sisters. So we're very, very, very close. But we have oh, a huge, cool. huge family. So. It, it's massive, but, um, but her and I are super, super close, but then there's, you know, Ellen and Margaret and Annie, three boys, three girls. Oh, that's and cool. All have multiple kids. There's just a, it's too big. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. It's good to have a big family like that, you know? Well, thank you so much so for doing much. this. We really appreciate you. And I can't, I don't know if you've seen her show. I haven't, but we're I will. Come, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Gonna... Tickets on me. And then you can come. <laughs> So I'll put them on my card. I'll yeah. charge them. Thanks, American Express. Yeah. Thanks, American Thank Express you. and Home Depot, and Victoria's sure. Secret, and Nordstrom, right. and Neiman Marcus. Basically, your next show is sponsored by American Express. Yeah, <laughs> that's, life happens that way. So you never that's know. It's gonna, I'm putting it out there. American Express wants. You get paid a bunch of money to do a commercial for American Express. Hey, I started off in debt to American Express. They paid me. Look at me now. I've got American Express. Yeah. Honestly, this is a good idea. Let's put American Express. If you're listening and you'd like to sponsor my show, please yeah. call me, Tom or Monica to make <laughs> a great happen. commercial. Yeah. We used to want to sue this chick, but now we celebrate yeah. her and her talent. Yeah. I used to go into every store and buy useless shit. 16 yeah. bags. I'm going to, now I'm yeah. an adult. <laughs> oh. yeah. oh, well, don't ever you lose a child like yeah. part of it. Don't. I won't. That that you can't you can't let life beat you down and, yeah. and lose any of that, man. It's no, a, you're the best. Yeah. All right, thank you, thank, thank you. Good, thank good you night. Guys. Goodbye. Thank you so much for having me. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.